Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. you all had a great time with your families, and I am truly thankful for family. Um, now, in first service, Pastor introduced me more before I came up and saying how I'm the love of his life and how wonderful I am and how he's so blessed to have me. And, and I had teased that he had given that kind of introduction because he always says he never knows what I'm going to say. And so he was trying to protect himself from anything I might say. But it's all good. I absolutely am grateful for my husband. I am thankful for 40 years of marriage to you and if I had to do it all over again, I would still say yes again. And I love you, and you are the man of our family. And so anyways, um, I know that each and every one of you, there's times that you look and you go, yes, I'm thankful for f- family. And then there's times you go, I'm really thankful for friends. Because <laughs> you can choose your friends. You can't pick your family. But you know, God is good. Now, normally I don't bring my cell phone up here when I'm <laughs> preaching or sharing. But I had a feeling, and I'm just going to keep it up here. Oops, let's see, is it him? Whoops, nope. I was thinking, yeah, Andrew. Andrew's going to get me back for texting him while he was up here. So I thought I better be ready to see if it's appropriate to read or not. But anyways, um, I want to introduce you. Like I said, family is, if you, the definition of family is a group of one or more parents uh, and their children living together or all the descendants of a common ancestor. And so the first group that we have as family is actually those that we are related to. So I want to introduce you to some of our family. So this is Oscar and Ida Johnson. This is CJ's grandparents. And each of us gets something from our heritage. We get something from those that are in our family. So I would say that CJ got from Oscar. Oscar has just one of the biggest hearts. He had one of the biggest hearts. And he was so kind-hearted. Just a gentle spirit and so kind-hearted. I know CJ could go on forever telling you all the wonderful memories he has of his grandfather. And Ida, let me tell you, she's little, but do not underestimate this woman. Ida was loyal to defend those that she loved with everything in her. She would defend you, I'm telling you. um, uh, A side note to them was they lived in their farm for many, many years, and it was just always fun to go to the farm and see them. And then um, a little incident helped make the decision for them to come off the farm and go into a nursing home. And it was when strangers came knocking at the door. They never knew a stranger. They wouldn't have turned anyone away. Unfortunately, these two men decided to tie them up and rob them and even took Grandma's wedding ring. But I'm telling you, they never talked about it. They just talked about all the good things in life. And so I think, CJ, you got from them that defend with... You're true and loyal to your friends and family, and you are also true, um, got that gentle sweetness of your grandfather. The next picture, now this isn't a very good picture. This is my Grandma Lou, and Grandma Lou was as feisty as feisty could get, so I, I get my feistiness from my grandma. Um, I have a better filter than my grandma does, or did. Uh, my grandmother was quite surprised when she went into a nursing home and realized that there was male nurses and um, you can only imagine, you can only imagine an 85-year-old woman with no filter 
Um, and on top of it, raised in the South, um, she had plenty to say about these male nurses. And of course, all the male nurses loved her, according to her. And so, yes, and then CJ would just provoke her. Well, Grandma, tell me, tell me, what did he say then? What did you say to him? She goes, and I'll tell you, I did tell first services. She goes, you know, they want all this. <laughs> With her bright red fingernails and lipstick, they want all this. Grandmother. And I'd say, CJ, stop. And he'd get her to keep going on and on. And yes. And then the next picture is this is my Grandpa Olaf. Yes. Olaf is more than just in a movie. And this is my grandfather and my grandma Ruby. My cousin Pam was trying to sneak in on the picture there. This was actually at their 50th wedding anniversary party that we had for them. And my grandparents were the salt of the earth. My grandpa Olaf was a quiet big man, farmer, uh, loved his family. But every morning when you came down, you would come down and there grandpa would already be out farming. But there on the, on the kitchen table would be his Bible with his glasses and his empty coffee cup with the sugar cubes right next to it. How many of you remember having sugar cubes all the time and Grandpa would give them to us to lick on those sugar cubes? But Grandpa was also, he's quiet. He loved God. He taught us to honor God. That if he was ever driving down the road and he'd be listening to preachers preach on the radio and he'd be listening and if the preacher went to start praying he'd slam on the brakes, pull over on the road, and we all had to fold our hands and close our eyes while the pastor prayed. You know, pa, you know, Grandpa was adamant about that one. But he was also the prankster that uh, con, you know, talked in one of the neighbor farmers into coming and climbing on a ladder in December and stomping on the roof and shaking bells so we would be convinced it was Santa on the roof. And uh, Grandpa did this other thing. He had false teeth. So he'd say, come here, come here, I dare you. Hit me right here. Go ahead, hit me right here. And we'd be like, Grandpa, we don't want to hit you. Go ahead, hit me right here. And we'd pop him just real lightly, and he'd shoot his false teeth out at you. <laughs> and um, my mother, she had false teeth, so she learned to do that to our children. Unfortunately, our, well, fortunately, our grandchildren are not experiencing that. <laughs> but anyways, and my Grandma Ruby was a strong, strong woman of God. She was always praying, always saw the good in everybody. But when I think of my grandma Ruby, I think of God can restore. He can restore anything. You see, my grandma Ruby got addicted to prescription medications. And when she was addicted to those prescription medications, she did some really bad things. And one of those things was when I was eight years old. Now, I, I don't get choked up because... It's hurting me. It's just, you know, you talk about some things, it just kind of makes you a little emotional. So just bear with me. But at eight years old, I was, we all got to go spend a week with Grandma and Grandpa. So I was there for my week. And Grandma took a handful of pills before we were going to bed. And Grandpa was sleeping in the basement because it was cooler. And anyways, I saw her take them. And I said, I want to go get Grandpa. And she said, no, stay in bed. And once she heard Grandpa snoring... Uh, she took me and told me to get in the car with her. And so uh, the two of us got in the car, and she started ranting and raving about how, because I was born sickly and had a lot of surgeries, that I was a hardship for the family. 
and that she had now become a hardship of the, for the family. So therefore, um, we should both die. And so um, as she was speeding down a highway, um, she saw a semi coming, and she aimed the car right for the front of the semi to make sure that we both died and that we would no longer be such a nuisance to the family. I will tell you that thankfully, I, God just was with me because at that last second, I just grabbed that steering wheel and jerked it. And we missed the semi, but um, a policeman happened to see my grandma driving erratically and was right there and pulled us over. Of course, grandma opened the window like this. I know about you face, fake police pulling women over. And she was like giving him an earful. And that was not my grandmother. That was not who I knew as my grandmother. And when we got home, the police were all there, and Grandpa reassured them that I would be fine. I wasn't in harm's way anymore. And so as soon as they left, um, I thought I was to go to bed, but Grandma uh, said that dogs sleep on the floor so and that I had to sleep out on the porch on a rug on the floor because that's where dogs sleep. And so, but I'm telling you, after my grandma got off that medication, she was right back to being the same godly grandma that anybody would be blessed to have had. And I will tell you this, God can restore those family members that you have that might be doing things that are painful to the rest of the family. But let me tell you, even though that's a bad memory of my grandmother, all the good memories of her way outweigh that one bad incident. Because I'm telling you, my grandma loved with everything in her. She was a wonderful woman of God. And I remember my last night I got to spend with my grandma. My grandma laying in the bed. I was sleeping on the floor. <laughs> it seems ironic. But I was sleeping on the floor. And she's praying all night long. And I got to tell you, I had a long drive ahead of me the next day. So it was a little annoying. But then I realized... She wasn't just praying for her children and her children's children, but all her siblings and their children and their children's children. And she was praying for every single person in the family. And I think from that day on, I learned to just list off every person. Don't just say, I pray over my whole family. No, no, no. I pray for my cousin Ramona. I pray for my cousin Pam. I pray for my cousin Sally, my cousin Mike. I pray, you know what I'm saying? Pray over your family as they did. And then the next picture is CJ's dad, Maury, and his stepmom, Jackie. And um, Jackie is the only parent we have left. And CJ got from his dad not knowing a stranger and his grandfather. He got it from both of them. His dad did not know a stranger at all. I will tell you one of the things about his dad. His dad could listen to a song on the radio one time. This man never had never had any instrument lessons, any music lessons, yet he played backup for Johnny Cash because he could hear a song one time, and I don't care what it was. Can you play the bass guitar? Yep, got it. Boom, 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 however you do it. He could do that. Can you play the drums for this one? Yep. How about the accordion? Yep, got it. He could play every instrument perfectly to that song one time hearing it. You wouldn't believe it unless you've seen it. it. It's just shocking, but he has an amazing ability. Um, and Jackie is St. Jackie. Jackie is still, she's the family. 
she's loving, kind. She's just everything you could ever, ever want in a mom. Um, she makes everybody feel welcome in her home. And we just love her dearly and we're grateful. We still get our Christmas or our birthday cards every year from her with the $5 in them. And we are very grateful for that, $5 every year. And then the next one is CJ's mom, Yvonne Troen. And his mom is where Pastor CJ gets all his love from. Because I'm telling you, his whole, all of her children, they love passionately. His mother was just a sweet, loving, wonderful woman. And when we, first, um, when we first got married, she came to visit us and readily told me just everything I did was wrong. And CJ and I had made an agreement that no matter what, I would not cause division between him and his family, and he would not cause division between me and my family. And it was something we both felt strong about. But at the end of that weekend, his mother and I had some words, and he said to me later after she had left, do you remember us making that commitment to each other? I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> and your mother owes me an apology. <laughs> you know? And so I wrote her a letter telling her that I desired to have a wonderful relationship with her, that I had watched my mother have a rotten relationship with her mother-in-law for most of the years, and that I really, really wanted um, that relationship. Now, the, rotten, the bad relationship between my mom and her mother-in-law was just because um, Grandma wanted them to live in Missouri, not Minnesota. So it was nothing more than that. Other than that, Grandma did end up loving my mom very much. But CJ's mom, I wrote her the letter apologizing and telling her that I desired a very close relationship with her. And she responded back with exactly what CJ said. She just treated you like a daughter. That's how she does with my sisters. And sure enough, that's what she wrote back to me. I wanted you to be fully my daughter. And I guess I was instructing you as I would my own daughters. And from that moment on, we had a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And then the next picture is, this is CJ's siblings. And it was at his sister, his oldest sister, Rhonda. You can see there are six girls in that family and two boys. Uh, the five oldest girls, Angela is the baby. She's in the green on the bottom there. But the five oldest girls, and then CJ was the sixth child, and Rhonda and CJ, Rhonda's right in front of CJ there, and they are two months short of being seven years apart. So all six of those kids were born that quickly. But for that picture, the kids said it just didn't seem right. Rhonda's daughter was getting married. It was at her daughter's wedding. And they said mom needed to be in the picture. So they photoshopped mom into the picture there looking over her kids with love and stuff. But, um, yeah, they're great. And then on to the next one. This is my mom and dad, Marvin and Ruth Collier. And um, I would just say that my parents are salt-of-the-earth people. They loved, they honored God. They were always praying. And they had a beautiful, beautiful uh, love. I never saw my parents argue. The extent of their arguing would be mother going, oh, Marvin, and my dad going, time to go work in the shed, and out he'd go, <laughs> out to the garage he'd go, and then he would proceed to come back in the house, and mother always had her hands in the sink or something, and so she'd be in the kitchen, and this was just normal in our home. Dad comes in, he wraps his arm around, he starts kissing her in the neck, and, and then we all disappear. And so it's like, okay, you know. But he always referred to my mom as his angel. And then the next picture is mom and dad had a nightly routine. Mom would always give him a back shoulder massage. 
And then after this, she would go in, and they were just very loving like that. And then she would go in and get ready for bed, and then Dad would come into the bedroom, and he would sit for as long as she wanted him to, and she, he would just cake the lotion on her feet and rub and rub and rub her feet. I've been working on Pastor C. Dan. That it hasn't happened, but we are we are praying for miracles. So let me tell you, I think he has a foot fetish. My feet are beautiful; they're extre extremely calloused, but they're beautiful. But anyways, and then the next picture is now. This is a better picture of my grandma Lou. There you see, and this is my parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary party. And these are my siblings. I have three sisters and a brother. And um, we can be a little dangerous when you get us all together because our family is always thinking of pranks. Um, my dad was always the one to start the water fights. And um, mother, let me tell you, she's sneaky. She has an innocent look of an angel on her face. But l watch out because she could pull pranks on you so fast. And um, I, I remember when... Heidi was in college, and I had come to visit in Minnesota. And anyways, she was at Grandma and Grandpa's house. We were staying there. And we heard this scream, and we went running, which we didn't knock on the bedroom door. But we went running into the bedroom, and there they were, acting like teenagers, wrestling and giggling their heads off. And it was like, what in the world is wrong with you two? But they were wonderful. And you can go on to the next one is this is our oldest son, Rick, and his wife, Donna, and Kyrie and Kinsley. Kinsley is letting everybody in the family know she is the boss right now. If you tell her, let's go this direction, she's going to go that way. And then the next picture is our kids love to be outside. So our kids are very adventurous, so they are always hiking there in Arizona now. Um, we did not raise our kids much in front of the TV. It was always get outside and do something, and I'm proud to say that's what our kids do. So on to the next one is our son CJ and his wife Kristen with Riley, Cannon, Miles, and little Miss Presley there. She is definitely the frosting on their cake. When my son, our son was here preaching, he said, um, Riley is 12, Cannon is 10, Miles is 8, and Presley is 3. And that's what you get when a man goes home early from work on Tuesday for lunch. And so <laughs> that is my husband, my son's joke. But Yes, but she is definitely the frosting on their cake. And then the next one is they follow through with the family tradition. Everybody wears matching jammies for Christmas. And so, and then on to the next one is our daughter Heidi and her husband Scott with Peyton, Zion, and Maddox. Maddox definitely need, um, knows he's the boss. We've been having to work with Heidi and Scott that it doesn't help when you call him boss baby or prince all the time. That so in this pit, next picture you'll see that they had to let him know who was boss in the family, <laughs> and there's always a lot of playing around in the family. Our kids love to play with their kids, and I say that they got that from their dad. Their dad, I tell you, if I ever said, "Can you give me a break while I fix supper?" and "Can you take the kids to the park?" I'd have to often go to the park and go, "Okay, are you coming home with them?" You know, because he was always really great about just taking the kids and letting them play like that. See, all the descendants that I just showed you are of common ancestry, brought together through marriage. And in Ephesians 5, 31, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one. Now, Genesis 2 says that a man should leave his family and cleave to his wife. 
So we made sure we taught our children that it does say leave and cleave, not bring and cling. And so um, although now that they've all moved away, I wish they would bring and cling a little bit. Um, but children in Psalms 127 verse 3, it says, children are a heritage from the Lord, an offspring from him. So Paul is believed to be the author of Timothy. And so in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. You know, they saw that heritage go forward. What are your kids learning from you? What are they going to inherit from you? One day, what will they say that they've learned from you? Yes, we are family. Yes, we love each other through thick and thin. It doesn't mean we always like each other, and it doesn't mean that things are always going good. Um, but no matter what, push comes to shove above everything. We will love each other and we'll have each other's back. There have been seasons of distance between family, but in the end, we love each other. And I'm sure you've all experienced that. There's times in your families that there's distance. There's times when you go, wait, why, what is this separation about? A silly argument that you go, wait, how did that turn into this? But God wants us all to live in peace. I tell you, we read a beautiful story of Naomi and Ruth in the book of Ruth. It's a story that sums up every aspect of a family. We read the beautiful story of Naomi and how she related with her daughter-in-laws. Life is going pretty good. Naomi and her husband have two sons, and eventually tragedy hits, and Naomi's husband passes away. And then 10 years later, both of her sons die. Naomi decides to return to her homeland and go to be with her family. She goes ahead and she instructs her daughter-in-laws to leave. And after much debating, Orpha, she finally leaves to return to her family. But Ruth responds to her mother-in-law in Ruth 1, 16 through 18. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn my back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. I'm telling you, we can all learn from Ruth's dedication to her mother-in-law. Now, I will tell you, I got to see this in action. You see, when my sister-in-law, Joanne, came into the family, married my brother Bruce, um, Joanne was not a very pleasant person. Now, she grew up a very hard life. She's full-blooded Indian, and, you know, which it's whatever. She moved here, um, lived in the Virginias at, and married my brother while he was in the service, and they came home and brought home a little girl. But no matter what, brought home little Sandra, and no matter what holiday it was, we would say, well, who's all coming? Mom would say, who's all coming for Christmas? And Bruce and Joanne would say, well, we're not coming. We're busy. We have to work that day. Who's coming for Easter? We're not coming. Who's coming for Thanksgiving? We're not coming. And so mom would set spaces for them anyways. Sometimes they would show up. Sometimes they wouldn't. And then, of course, if we didn't set a spot for them, that's the year that they would show up. And then it would start a whole other argument. But people whose kids went to school with my niece Sandra would comment all the time your sister-in-law Joanne is the meanest woman we have ever met 
everybody had that opinion of her. Until CJ and I became pastors. We became pastors in Prior Lake at Crossroads Assemblies of God Church. And Joanne and Bruce came to service one Sunday. when We were real new there. And Joanne came forward and gave her life to the Lord. And everybody, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Everyone. It was such a huge change. She was the kindest, most warmest, most wonderfulest woman you'd ever met. But all those years when some of us were like, ugh, so annoying. My mom worked all night. And then she, because Joanne didn't drive, she only had a fifth grade education. She never was, because where she was raised, um, it's not important for girls to get education. They just need to stay home and do their job. But anyways, Joanne found a job. And so my mother would get off work and drive straight to pick up Joanne and drive her to her job. And then when Joanne got off work, because her and Bruce worked the same shift, so Bruce couldn't drive her, then mom would go and pick up Joanne and take her home from work. If Sandra needed anything while Bruce was at work, my mother ran around driving Sandra everywhere. My mom constantly poured out love to Joanne, constantly. And I can tell you, on the day that Joanne died, leading up to her death, she said, I just want to go home and be with mom. I just want to go home and be with mom. She wasn't talking about her biological mom. She was talking about my mom all the time because my mother's continual love all those years won her over. And so I'm telling you, keep praying and keep loving on your family, showing them Christ's love because eventually it will pay off. Joanne ended up being a dedicated usher in our church. Joanne had a mechanical heart, um, so she had a bag that she carried with a battery, and Joanne was withering away to nothing. I think that Joanne weighed 54 pounds when she finally passed away, but she would walk in to church, and um, Ethan, praise and worship team, when the ushers would walk forward, we just kept the praise and worship music going a really long time because Joanne would be walking down the aisle with her offering bag to lay it at the altar for us to pray over it. And then she'd get it up, and others would say, well, I can carry it for you. No, no, it's my job. She'd pick it up. And on that last Sunday, she was there in church dedicated. Now, my brother had gotten mad at something at church one day, and he said he was quitting the church, and she said, well, you can quit all you want. I'm not. I'll find my way there one way or another. That's where, that's my family. That's, I'm going there. And Joanne was strong, and she came doing that offering that last Sunday. Then on Tuesday, she was in the hospital and passed away. But she, to the end, she was serving God. She served God with a big heart. However, family is we can all say that there's very there's many different aspects to family. As I joked and said, you can pick your friends but not your family. Well, the second, the second group of family is those close friends. I can tell you we have been blessed with close friends, Jerry and Renee Stamen in Colorado. Jerry and Renee are just salt of the earth. They're just the best. Renee is one of my best, she is my best friend in the whole world. And her daughter, Jessica, and our daughter, Heidi, even though there's about seven years between them, are best friends. Renee and I have cried together as we both lost our mothers and fathers, and they passed away. 
She and I have laughed at dumb things and cried and prayed as each of our families endured different struggles. But no matter what time of night it is, I know that at any second I can call Renee, and if Renee doesn't pick up her phone, Jerry will, and he'll instantly start praying for us or praying for whatever our need is. I know that we have that kind of friendship. We can say anything in front of each other. Another best friend for life is Joyce, Joyce and Keith Pohl. Joyce and I have known each other since I was a 10th grader and she was a 9th grader. We eventually were roommates at college and one another's maid of honors. Although in college, we wanted to save our friendship so we quit being roommates. It was much better. Sometimes you just have to learn that there are some people, even though you love them very much, you are not meant to live with them. And so I can't remember a family event that Joyce and Keith and their kids, Nicholas and Anthony and Jamie, didn't show up for. Whether it was my parents' 20 or our 25th wedding anniversary or my parents' 50th anniversary. The year that my mom passed away, she had, mom always got all her birthday cards ready, put the stamp in the corner, and then she'd write on the back what day to mail it. And anyways, when my mother passed away, here Joyce received the next year. Dad just kept mailing out those cards, and Joyce just broke down crying when she received the birthday card from mother again that year. Both Renee and Joyce are people I can depend on no matter what. We can call each other, and we know that no matter what we say or we're not judged. We're loyal to each other. We can handle correction from one another because we know the other one only wants what's best. Sometimes handling correction isn't easy in family, but you have to stop and know that if family loves you enough, they want the best for you. Friends that stick closer than a brother or a sister. And in the Bible, we see many examples of this. David and Jonathan are the famous friendship that everybody thinks of. I think that her was also a great friendship, that he was part of holding up Moses' arms. Um, the family in every, they are family in every sense of the word. Um, those that are related and also those that are close friends. There are five traits of a strong family. And not every family has these traits, but they are traits that we should all aim for. And so these traits, these are things that make the structure of your family stronger and healthier. Strong families express appreciation, and affection. Have you lately said to anybody in your family, I really appreciate that you did that. I really appreciate that. You know, hey, I love you. People say, oh, I, I hate this joke. Oh, I said it to her the day I married her. Why do I have to say it again? Let me slap that person. Um, some people have a strong commitment to each other. A strong family has a strong commitment to each other. Strong families spend time enjoying time together. What is happening at your family that you're making it an enjoyable time? I tell you, I bought a silly game. What's it called? Blockus, blocus, however you want to pronunciate it. And it ended up being a game over Thanksgiving that it was hard to tear away from the game. Everybody kept playing it. Strong families manage stress and crisis effectively. When things go wrong, do you just start screaming at each other? Or do you stop and go, okay, wait, wait. Let's just calm down. Let's figure out what's going on here. Um, you know, you have to know your, you have to know who's good and what crisis. Okay, so if, um, if one of the kids is going to throw up or any other bodily function that's gross and disgusting like that, <laughs> Pastor CJ is great. He's, he can handle it. 
not me. Don't call on me. I, I told my parents, I love you. I've told CJ, I love you, honey. But if it comes to me wiping your hiney, you got to go to a nursing home. <laughs> and I don't expect you to do it for me either. Just shove me in there. I'm okay with that. They're paid to do it. They'll do it. Just make sure we're not being abused, but we're good. However, if somebody is bleeding, do not call on Pastor CJ. He will be bleeding from passing out and hitting the floor. So do not call him. So I will say, like I said, I got from my family. I don't know why my nose has decided to run. Um, I got from my family pulling jokes on people. And some might think some of my jokes are kind of sick, but I think they're funny. So um, and if I think they're funny, they're worth doing. So I would be watching on TV like open heart surgery, and they're like digging in there, and it's like, oh, so cool. I said, CJ, hurry up, come here, they're showing Michael Jordan. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, you're not right, you're not right. Oh, oh. Uh, you have to know who to call on in that moment of crisis and who not to call on. So don't get upset with a family member if you're asking them to handle a crisis that they are not equipped to handle. D don't do it. It's not fair. That's not playing fair. Strong families have a sense of spiritual well-being. They want to pray for you. They want to make sure you're okay. But I want to warn you. The word of God even says that to some, eating this is okay and to others it's not okay. To some, doing this is okay. To others, it's not okay. So I want to instruct you that what God taught me when our son Rick was 18 and going off to college Oh, dear Jesus. He was going to Illinois. We lived in Colorado. I was on my knees praying like crazy. I was, yeah. And then God said to me, I did not call you to be the Holy Spirit. Your job is not to put conviction on your son. You are to love him and pray for him right now. One of the things that our kids did inherit from us is sometimes on both sides of our family, we can have strong opinions. <laughs> and God was definitely letting me know that I, it was a time for me to keep all my opinions to myself. I wanted the best for him spiritually, but I needed God to take care of him spiritually, not me. And to this day, thank you, Jesus. Rick loves God with everything in him. No, he inherited from his grandma not to have a filter. So you don't know how he's going to say what he's going to say. But he does love God. I am assured of that. He does love God. Now, after spending time in, with family over Thanksgiving, you might be scratching your head and thinking, man, my family's a mess. I'm telling you, we could hardly be in one room together for very long. Let me tell you, you are a Christian. It is your job to step up and go the extra mile to live in peace and to love and show kindness. It doesn't mean you get walked on. I'm not telling you to be walked on and abused. I'm just saying show Christ's love. No family is perfect, but I believe God wants us to strive to live in peace with one another. God has given us many scriptures as to how we are to be as a family. And here are a few of them. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. What did I share with you before? My grandmother, fully restored. Fully restored. Now, we could have all, I never even told mom and dad about what had happened. 
until I was in my 20s. And then, you know, it was like, they were like, what? And grandma said, yeah, it's true. And so, but if I had done that and caused, I, I just think that there would have been a wedge in the family. And I knew that that, grandpa said, this is what grandpa said to me that night. He said, honey, even good people make mistakes. He said, even good people make mistakes. And he said, and it's our job to love them anyways and keep loving them. And I'm telling you, I've always remembered Grandpa telling me, even good people make mistakes. The next one there is, oh, the next two are going to, they crack me up. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, this does not mean that you go, you better honor me if you plan on living very long. You don't, no, you don't approach your kids with that attitude. Honor me or else life is short. Uh, and then the next one, in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You see, there's a way to discipline and correct our children without, and the King James, it says, not to provoke them to anger. See, because when a kid knows that they've done wrong and you discipline them, it's easier for them to accept the discipline, especially if you've explained it and why this is wrong. Now, were we always perfect at that? No, but it is something that CJ and I worked really hard on with our kids. So I encourage you, don't just throw at your children. You better honor me. You know, make sure that you're not provoking them to anger. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. Adversity means difficulties, misfortune, and there is resilience in the face of adversity. I think of Aaron and her. Aaron was the older brother. He was a prophet. He was a high priest. Yet he backed Moses, his little brother, and God's leading of him. Her was a friend, a companion. But when in Exodus 17, 8 through 16, as Joshua fought the Amalekites. Moses was on the hill with Aaron and her, and as long as he held his arms up with the staff up in the air, the Israelites and Joshua were prevailing and doing well. But the minute his arms got tired and started to lower, the Amalekites would prevail. So what did Aaron and her do? They were true friends. They were a true brother. They stood up there, and they held his arms up high. They held his arms up high. In Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in this. Uh, or parents, uh, sorry, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Children, I want to encourage you. Obeying, you say, well, I don't know if they deserve to be obeyed today. No, that's not what God is saying. You pray for your parents, and God will take care of them. Proverbs 6.20, my son, keep your father's commands, and do not forsake your mother's teachings. Okay, every mother in here goes, they want to send a reminder to their kid. They want to send this verse out. Yeah. <laughs> Do not forsake the teachings of me. It's like, no, no, no. We need to be careful on how we use. We need to use every scripture verse with the love that it was meant to be. Our third form of a family is the family of believers, the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, I'm going to read through this quickly, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase through it here. But just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but many. 
So it goes on here, and I'm going to just paraphrase too. It says, now the foot should say, but I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. Or later on it says, but I'm not an ear, so I don't belong to the body. I'm, I'm not an eye. I'm not an important part of the body. I'm a colonoscopy. I'm a colon. It's about that time. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm a gallbladder. And you're like, oh, what good is the gallbladder? I don't know. I still have mine. Is it good to go without it? I don't know. Um, what good are the appendix? Can somebody tell me, what does an appendix do for you? Who, what does it do for you? What, honey, what is it doing? He's got the answer. I, I don't know either. I just know that in one of my many surgeries, they figured, well, let's get it out of there so we don't have to open her up for an unnecessary surgery. So they took it. I don't know. I don't know if they found anything else they didn't think was necessary in there that they might have taken. <laughs> but here's the bottom line, guys. Every one of you, and I joke, what's the first thing you did with your turkey? You reached in, you threw the neck away, didn't you? Okay, I did. My grandchildren were asking me, why are you lifting its tail up and reaching in? There's things to get rid of in there. But you know what? Each really, I joke about these, but each thing is an important part. And in verse, jumping down to verse 27 there, it says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Our friendship you are a church. We are a church. We are a family. In Ecclesiastes 4, 10 through 12, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And you can finish reading that scripture verses there also. But I am thankful for the body of Christ. I'm thankful for church friends of like faith and some of you don't have exactly the same faith or the same belief in a scripture. I will tell you, I miss my friend Mona. Mona and I would get on the phone and we would go over one little scripture verse for hours. I loved that with her. We carry one another's burdens. We'll drop everything to help a brother or sister when they're struggling. Friends that will pray for you. That's what we are as a church body. So my challenge to you today is as I started earlier, is that there are three different, three different groups of family. Your biological family, your close friends family, and your church family. And I want to encourage you today. We started out talking about the traits of a strong family. But I want to encourage you that in those same traits, which I've lost my page and I'm flipping through here, um, don't know where page nine went to. Do you have page nine by you? But anyways, what it is, let me just hold on one second here. Here it is, sorry. Five ways that we should treat each other as family members of the same body. We should express appreciation and affection to one another. We should say, hey, I love you in Christ. You know, if you're not married, don't be saying that. I love you in Christ. I'm here for you. We should have a strong commitment to each other. You know what? Sometimes you just got to drop what you're doing and go help a sister or brother in need. We should spend enjoyable time together. Let's get back to back in the day. They'd invite everybody over. Have a potluck or a bonfire in the backyard. You know? We should manage stress and crisis effectively. When we see somebody struggling, we help them. And we should have a sense of spiritual well-being above everything. We should be praying for one another. 
And so, Pastor CJ, I've asked him to come up here and lead us into a time of prayer. Will you all stand with us now as we get ready to close this morning? What we want to do is we're going to close. I'll tell you, man, my wife man, makes me cry when I think about my family and seeing pictures of my dad, my stepmom, and so on. How many of you are now thinking about your family? Amen. And we're getting ready to go into the holiday season, the Christmas season, the greatest season. You're going to be with your family. You're going to be with your friends. And as I was with our staff this last Tuesday, I said to our staff, I said, you know, every one of our family has a Fred. A Fred is someone that maybe brings irritation or things to you that maybe brings pain. And how are you going to approach that Fred in your family? So this morning, we want to pray over you, and here's how we're going to do it. Can you do me a favor? I'm going to ask you to do something. This is how we're going to end. If you don't feel comfortable with this, but if you would do me a favor, we want to pray over you, and Ethan is going to sing, Lord bless you and keep you, the blessing song. And if you're here with family, I want you to come and be with family. This is how we're going to end. We want to pray over you. So will you do me a favor as Ethan starts singing? Yeah, but if you're here and you're not here with anybody, you just came. You're all by yourself. Honey, you're not by yourself. We're a family. So come up here. And somebody next to you, if you see somebody standing alone, you pull them in. Pull them into you because they are family. So here's what I'm going to do. Can you do me a favor? I know time got away. My wife don't usually preach those. Like she's making up for lost time. Amen. So it's right there. Here's what we're going to do. I want you. I see Randy, you got all your family, Greg, and you guys are all family together. Here's what I want to do. I want us, as soon as Ethan starts singing, will you come up here with your family? Let us pray over you in a moment. I know that time's gotten away. It's gone longer than normal, but we want to bless you this morning. So can you do that? As Ethan starts singing, will you come with your family? Will you come with your family? Please just come. Just come. All of you, just come. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Just come on, family. Come on. Come on. Let us just pray over you at the end. Come on. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. What's up, my man?
generation. Leave that for your family now. Your family and, and your, your children, children. And their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations. We'll believe in that today, Lord. Over every family here today. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his prayer. Father, this morning, I pray over every family, every individual here today, right now, that God, as we get ready to move into the Christmas season, about you, Jesus, I pray that each family member here today will truly live the life as you, that we will be the light in the midst of our family. Maybe there's a Fred that causes friction and struggles and problems within the family unit. And I pray that we will be that example to Fred and reach out to those type of family members that are bringing pain. That, Lord, we will truly emphasize you throughout this new year that we get ready to embark on. That, Father, you bless each every family, each family member. And as we celebrate together, I pray, God, the joy, the peace, the strength. And, Lord, a, a time to forgive and there needs to be forgiveness. But Father, most of all, bless. May your hand be upon them. Thank you for every family unit. And may your hand go with them now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, now let's give the Lord praise. Can we do that? Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for being here. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.